Well, today uh, we are going to be um, in uh, chapter four, Genesis chapter four. And um, we're going to be, Genesis chapter four, uh, we pick up after Adam and Eve have already sinned um, and they've already been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And um, at this point, they're kind of just moving on with life. They've already, you know, they're already, you know, under the condemnation of sin. Uh, because they disobeyed God. And so now they're, they're moving on with their life. And uh, here is the story of Cain and Abel. And so this is where we're going to pick up. Um, uh, it's a story that most all of us know because of Children's Church. Uh, it's one of the first ones that I learned about and I remember. And so um, we're going to pick up in verse 2. I'm reading out of the NLT. Uh, and so you can follow along or you can uh, open it up in your, on your phone or your Bible as well. So let's read. Verse 2. Um, so uh, 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 Eve is, is giving birth. So verse 2, uh, she had already um, given birth to Cain. And verse 2, later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Verse 4, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lands from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Verse 6, why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. That is so fitting um, for um, when, when we talk about sin. Sin is never, never satisfied in our life. Sin doesn't want just a part of us. It wants all of us. But Abel, I'm sorry, Cain is caught in this moment. It it says here that Cain and Abel, they were bringing an offering to God. So this is obviously something that they were expecting. They are in their their, their expected roles. Cain, uh, I'm sorry, Abel, uh, he he, uh, uh, raises livestock. He's a shepherd, while his brother Cain, he is, uh, he's a farmer of the ground. And so they are in their respective roles, doing what they're supposed to do uh, and doing the things that God asked them to do. And it came to a point where they were, that they're asked to bring an offering. And as they do so, what we see is that Cain, it says that he presented some of his crops. He grabbed some of the things that he had and he brought it before God. But there was something different in what Abel did. It says that Abel didn't just bring some crops. He didn't just, he didn't just bring some. He brought, the, he brought the first. He brought the best of what he had. He brought, um, he brought the best of the portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock to God. And uh, what we see here is that God, he accepted Abel's, but he rejected Cain's. He accepted what Abel had to bring to him but he rejected what Cain had. And of course, Cain got upset. He's mad because he's imagining, listen, I mean, I brought something. I mean, you know, why is it that he's getting more favor than I have? And of course, God tells him, listen, if you would just do what I asked you, then you wouldn't be in this situation. 
But I found it really interesting. Um, you know, uh, this is, you know, something that I've been kind of mulling on and, and thinking about was, um, was what, what uh, Cain offered versus what Abel did. Cain offered something. It, it's not like he came empty-handed. He came before God with something, and he brought it to him. And I imagine that he thought that it was good enough. This is what I have. Maybe he grabbed it at the last minute. Maybe he, you know, had something. You know, he's like, ah, you know, I'll, you know, you know, whatever he did, he had something. But it was completely different from what Abel did. Because Abel, when he stepped in this, I, it, it, it said that he brought the best of his portions. That means that he was connected to what he brought to God. It wasn't something that he thought about last minute. I can imagine him saying, listen, this I'm setting aside. Oh, that's the best right here. That's the best lamb I see. I'm going to set that aside now so that when it comes to the point where I'm bringing my offering, I know that I have the best. He was connected to what he had to give. So much so that he prepared it, in, uh, he, he, um, um, he prepared it beforehand. And, and, of course, when they brought it before God, God looked at what Abel had and said, yes. Oh yes, that is what I'm looking for. That is what I want. That is it. And he accepted it. But of course, he rejected what, what Cain brought before him. And it says, I, thought, or, or, I found it interesting that, it, that he, he didn't use the word best. He used the word some. It was some of the fruit from the vine that he had to bring. It was just something. God rejected what he had. And of course, it led to a point where it led him to sin. But it's interesting. Why would God accept Abel's sacrifice and not accept Cain's sacrifice? What was so different? Was it just because he prepared it? Was it just because it was the best that he had? Was it about what he gave? What was it? Well, I believe that it was important what they brought, but it wasn't necessarily about what they actually brought. It was about what they brought. Because Abel, he was connected to what he brought before God. He connected to it. It was bigger than just the lamb that was the, the most purest. It wasn't just about him just doing something. It was about what he had in his heart. He was connected to it, and he imagined, I, this is important to God. This is important to me, so I'm going to make sure that I give the best that I can give. He prepared. He knew that it was going to please God because it was something in his heart that he brought, but it was different from Cain. It didn't come from here. It came from, okay, well, let me just, let me just get something, but you know, to bring before God. It was more out of labor. It was more out of necessary. It was more out of law. It was something that he just did. It reminds me a little bit of religion, that religion being man-made is something that we do, that we do and we we do, but it's not something that we connect our heart to. We get caught in the motion. That's what religion is. It's just the doing, but there's nothing connected to it. It's just doing, but but we know that our, or, or that our faith in God is not about religion. It's about faith. 
Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 speaks about this very situation. It talks, uh, Hebrews 11 is a chapter of faith, and they speak about Abel and Cain, and this is what it says. It says, it was by faith, verse 4, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel was long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It wasn't about what he did. It was about the faith that he connected it to. I believe that God pays attention to what we offer him. You see, sacrifices that, that they were offering is a picture of worship. And not necessarily uh, a picture of worship just at church, but of our lives. Worship, you know, what we bring to God, what we offer God. And God pays attention to what we offer him because it matters to him. It's important to him because God gave his best. Abel gave his best. And you know what? God gave his best. I love this truth that God gave. He gave his one and only son. God didn't have all these different sons hanging out in heaven saying, hey, listen, Jesus, your turn. Hey, I'm picking you. You know, there was no Joseph. There was no Jerry, no Jeffrey up there. It was just Jesus. That's all he had. He didn't have a Jose. All he had was Jesus. And he said, Jesus, my one and only son, I'm sending you. And he had all these angels in heaven that he could have picked from. There's all these people, all these angels. He could have sent Michael. He could have sent Gabriel. He could have sent a lot, but no, it wouldn't have done. He sent his best. He gave the only thing that, 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 that was more important to him than anything else, his one and only son. He gave his best. So it's understandable why God wants our best. It's understandable. So what is our best? What does that look like? Well, in Samuel, God tells, him, God, God tells Samuel to find him, the next king. And he goes to Jesse's home and he looks at all his different sons and he imagines, man, this guy, man, he's got it going on, man. I mean, he is strong. I mean, oh, this guy, he looks really intelligent. Man, look at this guy's sneakers, man. He's got it going on. You know, I mean, these guys, I mean, he's, I mean, surely it's one of these guys. And of course, God said, listen, I don't look at the outward appearance. I don't look at what you, what, what you can do, what man can do. That's not what pleases me. That's not what moves me. But it's only, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. God, he doesn't want anything else more than our heart because we can't have faith unless we are trusting in God with our heart. So we're going to jump to Matthew chapter uh, 22. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus is here, and um, he is, uh, we're going to be in verse, verse 34. Matthew 22, verse 34. And Jesus, he, he is being attacked. He's being, um, uh, 
He's being attacked by Pharisees and, 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 and Sadducees. They are, they are uh, trying to get him to stumble because they are just simply saying, okay, this guy can't be who he is. So they're, so they're tempting him and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get him to, to fall, ask him all these different questions. And so one of the Pharisees asks, okay, you know what? Come here. Hey, listen, I got a great question. Hey, listen, let's ask him this one. So let's pick up in verse 34. He says this, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and another verse says, with all your strength. Another version says, I'm sorry, another book says, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus says, listen, the, everything can be wrapped up in this, that you love God with your heart, with all that you have. With all that you have, love God. So, so what does that look like? Well, um, I got this, uh, this table here, and, um, you know, uh, if our life could be put, can be uh, represented by this table, if we can put our life on this table, which doesn't really make much sense, but if it could happen, if our life can be separated into different segments of life, you know, I would say for sure, you know, you have work. We have, you know, you know, you know we all work in life, you know, um, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, we all come prepared, we all have to go to work, we all have our job that we have to do. Of course, we also have our family. Family is important, you know? We all have our family. I know I have my family. I love my family so much, you know? My daughters are in dance, you know? Now we gotta take them to school, pick them up from school, you know, all that, you know, we got to have a nice family meal that's prepared that we work so hard at. <laughs> hey, don't be judging me. Y'all know y'all done it before. Don't be lying. Don't be lying. Then, of course, we have our marriages. You know, we have our marriage. It's important. Something that we all will go through at some point. So you have marriage, and you got finances. Boy, got to use that debit card, you know. I don't even know what I did with that. And of course, you got bills, 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 bills. Some of y'all know what this is, a checkbook. Never used one in my life. <laughs> of course. And then we got school. How many, how, how many of y'all are still in school? Come on. It's almost over. Amen. Come on. No, it's not. <laughs> got to read, got to do all these things. We have all these things in our life. And of course, we have hardship that we go through. Got a hardship. Picture of my grandfather passed away six years ago. And then of course, we have our relationship with God. And we have all these things in our life that we are managing, all these things, 
that it's all that we're that we're having to juggle you know our, you know being the best husband that we can be the best father that we can be the best mother the best you know you know the best wife you know doing our best to be the best student just doing our best to give our best and then of course we have our relationship with God that we try our best we try so hard we spend time with God and we and we and we and we and we go in the I'm in our prayer closet and we lay everything we have before God and then God I he's happy with us you know he's happy with the prayer closet you know, he's happy with the time that we spend with him. He's happy that we're in church and doing those things. But I think God wants more than just his time. I think that he wants to be a part of every part of our life. He wants to be at work in our family, a part of our marriage. He wants to be in every single area, every part of our life. That's what it means to love God with all of our heart and all of our strength, with all that we have, is including him in every area of our life by faith. Because as we know, faith is not perfect. Faith is not always pretty. Faith is not always a straight line. It doesn't always work out the way that we think it's going to work out. But what we know is that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, he is walking with us the whole step of the way. He is molding us. He is shaping us. And he is along the way presenting us before God as, as righteous before him as his prize. Amen. He is walking through it with us. Amen. So we give God our best. So what are the takeaways from today? Well, number one is that God wants our heart. God wants our heart. More than anything else, God wants our heart. If God has our heart, then he has our life. If he has our heart, then he has our life. Each day, we have the opportunity to offer up our hearts in faith to God, to say, God, today in this area of my life, God, it's not perfect. But God, I need you to help me to perfect it, to get better, to look more like you. He wants our heart. Number two is that faith pleases God. The only thing that can please God is faith. And I love this, that, that um, Abel, what he presented to God, his offering that he presented, it was his best. But it wasn't about what he had to give it was about the measure of faith that he had, that he was, he was putting his faith in God with that offering that he brought to God. And that's all we can ever do. Jesus says that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that means that, if, listen, our faith is not always, he, he gives us all a measure of faith. And sometimes there's doubt, but you know, all he needs is just for us to trust. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he thought ought to think, but to, but to think with sober judgment, because each, accor uh, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. God has given to each of us a measure of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, but with faith, we can do all things. Living by faith is trusting, by, is trusting in God rather than relying on ourselves. And number three is that we avoid sin through obedience. 
We avoid sin through obedience. This is what God said to Cain. He says, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. Jesus says that if we love him, then we will obey him. And that, <laughs> obedience isn't always easy. It's not always the easy thing to choose in certain times. But he's telling us that the easiest way to avoid sin is through obeying him, just like uh, Abel did. So today, at the end of the day, what we have to offer God is our hearts. And in our hearts, what we, what we, what we have to offer him is our faith, because it's the only thing that pleases God. And, and when we offer him our hearts, and we offer him and, and allow him to come into our life in every area of our life, he begins to perfect us, he begins to move in us, and he, continue, and he begins to, to mold us into the person that God has called us to be every single day. We don't have to worry about what's next. We don't have to worry about what God has planned for me, what my purpose is, what is the next season going to look like, because all he wants us to do is stick in this season. He is, he is walking with us through it, and all he needs is our faith. All he needs is our obedience. Amen.